Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. And I said, I want to win the league, but I want to win it better. You can understand that, can't you? Yes. Good luck. So he's almost like having a second captain in the team. <laughs> second captain, first captain, whatever. Ooh, this is gonna be awkward. You're very welcome to Monday's Second Captain's podcast. Back from his summer holidays, we have our longtime GA analyst Murph, known for his nuanced, even-handed treatment of all things GA. Hi, Murph. Yeah, hello. I don't know how to tell you this, but <laughs> while you were away, we needed somebody to plug the gap and upset a fiercely polarizing figure who threw nuance out the window in a wildly successful bid to entertain the masses. Mm. I'd like to introduce you to Ken Hurdy. Ken, Murph, Murph, Ken. Hi, Kieran, how are you? Hello, Ken. Among Ken Hurdy's more outlandish statements last week... Gwitch. Yeah. <laughs> Cullen Cooper in his prime would not get into the 2017 Dublin team because he doesn't have the intensity required. Yeah. And Monaghan sharpshooter Conor McManus wouldn't get in either because it would be too much of a culture shock for him. <laughs> I quote, it would be like a character in a John McGarren novel when they have to come to Dublin and live in a bedsit in Rat Mines. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, I did listen back <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yesterday. You may scoff, Murph, but this, this is the new breed of journalists that, that the world needs now. Sensationalist, mm. headline grabbing. It's what the people want. Mm. We, we apologise unreservedly for Ken's remarks on the GA last week. Uh, we have terminated his contract. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's not in keeping with the editorial standards that we that, that, we, we, that we strive for here. When at, the comments uh, were brought to our attention, yeah, mm. i.e., published by us, and uh, yeah. yeah, no, I, d- I no, I d- you know, I can't stand over it. Uh, I was appalled. Um, I shed a tear. I mean, it's this. What's become of our once great company on? Oh, okay. Well, then give us a, a Dublin player who would, a, a player from any other county who would make it into the Dublin team. Oh, no, then I thought some more about it. He's probably right, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think really more it's the all time. You know, I'm just not too sure about that all, of all time. Oh, there you go. You know, I, like, give me, if you give me a few minutes, I could probably think of one or two players who would. You see, you don't have it in the it. new, it, it, this is immediate. Journalism. You don't have a few minutes now, or if you yeah. need something right away. If you don't Here's have, my hand argument is proved. It's proven. If you're not a World Service member, you won't have caught the full evolution of Ken Hurley last week. You only got his birth Ken on Monday's Hurley. show. Yeah. You also miss Ireland's newest sprinting superstar, Gina Moses and one of our favourite sports people, Michael Conlon. He was home for the first time since he went to the US to start life in the professional game. Mm. Having a great time over there professionally, but I don't think he's exactly bowled over by the community spirit in Los Angeles. It is great to get back and see real people for once. What do you mean by real people? What are they like in LA? Ah, listen, there's, <laughs> there's, there's, there's no sense of community. There's no sense of uh, realness. Really? 
you know, back back here in Ireland, there's a lot of realness. People, people say hello to each other. They wait to say thank you. We don't know the door for them. I haven't got that once. Where where are you living? Uh, Marina del Rey, which you is know. seaside. I'm, I'm seaside, seaside, right on the marina. You know, it's it's a lovely spot. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's no home. Uh, I'm waking up the sunshine and I, I have a pool and stuff outside my apartment and my kid and my, my fiance love it. But you know, I enjoy it and it gets my days in. But it's not somewhere I could see myself settling now. Hmm. LA doesn't sound like the friendliest place to live in the world coming by that. Michael Collin was in great form last week to hear that interview in full and to get your ears around all the big interviews in our World Service archives. You can join up now on secondcaptains.com for uh, five of our month plus VAT. So you got home on Saturday night, Murph, late Saturday night? Saturday night, yeah. Straight into the thick of it, went to Croke Park on Sunday. Yes. Among your Connacht brethren then, many of them knocking around Dublin. What did you make of it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was walking out of the ground and there were, uh, after the game, and I heard... A uh, very uh, emotional rendition of Four Roads to Glenamady, the Big Tom number. And I was thinking, yeah, that pretty much sums it up all right. There were a lot of Connacht people there. Uh, so it's only right that I would hear this particular terrible, truly terrible song uh, about Glenamady, a border town, uh, quite close to Roscommon. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was the quality of fair on, I would say, was not great. Um, We've had quite a good season so far. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think it's probably fair enough that we can call it when we see it mm-hmm. that Galway were really poor. Uh, like it was a total non-event. I was sitting at I was sitting in the uh, the press box at halftime, thinking I sh- I, I'm here. I mean, I suppose I should tweet about the game, and nothing came to mind. I mean, I just felt it was a total <laughs> non-event. Like the second Kieran Donaghy got that goal, which had been coming anyway, I thought there's Galway are not going to win this game. There's, I just can't see any way. There was, there was nothing in Gola's performance that, that I said, right, well, okay, maybe if we got an early goal or, you know, after the goal, it's like, okay, if we get one straight back. I just, I didn't, I just didn't feel at any stage that Kerry thought there was, actually, funnily enough, listening back to, the, to Friday's show last night, the serene way in which Mike Quirk was talking about this game, <laughs> that was mirrored completely by every, like everyone from Kerry that I met at the game and then the way Kerry played as well. This idea that no matter what happens, Kerry will win this game. So but essentially, the thought in Kerry was, and was proven to be correct, that you, you feel there was a thought there that we're probably not going to play our best, we're probably not going to be pushed to play yeah. our best. Uh, that yeah, we're still, still definitely going to go through. Yeah. But there were dissenting voices elsewhere. I mean, there was confidence in Galway after the demolishing the <sighs> demolishment there, of Donegal. I, I do not... No. Uh, there, uh, I, I don't know where that confidence was. Maybe, maybe people were speaking in the papers, but anyway, I was speaking to... Yeah, on Sunday morning ahead of coming into the game everyone was of the exact same mindset where I don't think Gold are going to win this game Why do players in Gaelic football run with the ball so much now? Uh, Because to kick it away is usually to kick it to uh, full back lines that are overstaffed that there's a sweeper or perhaps even two sweepers waiting to collect those kicked passes Mm. I thought it was I just thought it looked very energy inefficient Why don't these guys let the ball do the work? I thought to myself Hmm. You, you know, the, the, ball, the evolution is very fast. He's the, now tra- he's basically now transformed into a 60, any sixty-year-old Gaelic football fan <laughs> in the stand. <laughs> Just let the thing in, will you? Well, he's a part ball, of the mainstream now, Ken Hurdy. A yeah. ball would do the work of fifteen men. Yeah. If oh, you just here we go. hit the music, if you just if you just gave it, I thought I saw these guys run, you know, giving each other, handing the ball to each other, and then running around. And I thought, why are they tiring themselves out in the middle of the field, just running around like this? Well, they're trying to allow some gaps to form to allow their full forwards to make some runs to maybe 
take that full back line and the covering defenders out of position somewhat, at which point the patients will be rewarded by them working the ball into a better scoring position and somebody can take an easy point. I think the time might be ripe for a bit more uh, POMO type philosophy. Oh, the, the old player position, position of, of maximum opportunity. Yeah, I think uh, POMO is, uh, is due uh, a return in the GAA. I was thinking just get it, into the, get it in the mix. Well, funny that you've mentioned that. That is what Kerry were doing. To mm. Donaghy, and they were reaping rewards out of it. It does it help when you have Donaghy in there. Yeah. You know, he probably is, well, he definitely is the best player at the big target man full forward role yeah. mm. in the game. Yeah, I'm glad to see it. Anyway, it's nice just that you two can have a civil conversation. That's, that's good. Oh, no, I mean, listen, you know, I, I, maybe this journalism game has just passed me by. You know, there is no place anymore for an old dinosaur like me. <laughs> we're talking later about the reports that Rory McIlroy has sacked his caddy, JP Fitzgerald, a guy who Rory's defended passionately in the past when Fitzgerald's been accused of not doing enough to arrest McElroy's sporadic on-course meltdowns. It certainly seems to be when something goes badly wrong for McElroy, it seems like Fitzgerald can sometimes get it in the neck. And as recently as this year's British Open, actually McElroy went out of his way to praise Fitzgerald after the caddy had a little word in his ear and told him that you are effing Rory McElroy uh, when things were looking like they were careering off the rails during McElroy's first round. When he really did seem to go out of his way to mention that. So that's why it seems... Quite surprising that this news is coming out now. But we'll talk to Maliki Clerken about that a little bit later on. Ushin's here. Hi, Ushin. How are you? Morning, morning. How's things? Oh, not too bad now, Mike Quirk. How are things? Super. All good down here. Uh, our, I'm sure it is. Yeah, we'll I get to we'll get to carry <laughs> you. Our build-up last week was dominated by the Connacht invasion, Ushin, and what was going to happen there. Is it? Could you say none of the three teams really performed? Yeah, well, you could definitely say that. Well, well, Galway, yeah, Galway's yeah, a Galway, given. Galway for sure, and the other two teams, uh, like. If you tr- if you try and make se- if you could try and make sense of of the Mayo Roscommon game in a footballing context, you you could there's a dossier or a thesis in that game somewhere along the lane because it was like it was all over the place. It was helter skelter. It was, I mean, there wasn't a there wasn't a huge amount of quality in it. Uh, and yet, still, you know, it's entertaining, it's absorbing, it's all those things. But, but Jesus, I'd hate to be a Mayo supporter. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like it's it's like it's through the ringer, over and over and over again. And like they started both halves absolutely horrendously, and then they tried to play catch up. Should he, should you know kicking off scores, you know, to win the game, have a good few chances towards the end of the game, but. So many, so many, yeah, after watching Kerry, especially, I think it probably highlights it after watching Kerry and how composed they were at different stages of the game. They weren't great, you know, Kerry weren't great, but they were composed and they're very good at kicking the ball over the bar. And in the next game, there was nobody really any good at that. Malachi Clerken wrote a piece in the Irish Times on Saturday, really interesting about how this idea that it's, it is horrible to be a Mayo fan, that you're put through the ringer so much. And he made a fairly convincing argument by speaking to a lot of Mayo supporters that actually these are the best times of their lives and that they're going to have stories to tell for years and years because of all the amazing matches and replays they've been in over the last few years. He then tweeted after the game saying, thinking I'm doing a follow-up to Saturday's Mayo fans piece, which they all go, actually, you know what, fuck it. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, I'm out. I think that's one game they probably didn't want to draw and would have seen themselves winning. Yeah, it's a, yeah, no, I, w- I would disagree with the the char- characterization of all three of the kind of teams not performing. Ross I think, Common, I think Ross Common, you know, if you were looking at that game from from 
two minutes before throw-in, you'd say Roscommon would do very well to get back to anything close to the level of the kind of final. Given you've seen so many teams win provincial titles kind of out of nowhere, celebrate that, and we all know Roscommon did, and then just completely hang their hat in it, like nearly, you know, just say, right, well, the year we're in bonus territory here, let's give it a rattle, we don't care either way, and take their five or six point beating in the Ireland quarterfinal, and that's it. And Roscommon battled against that. I mean, they made so many mistakes, it was hilarious. But I mean, so did Mayo. But I think Roscommon at least answered the question that was asked before before the game, which was, c- could they get any work? Yeah, could they come up and actually really give a performance and not just kind of hand it to Mayo? And they did that. Yeah, the other thing, just going back to the you know the whole bit putting Mayo fans through the ringer. Mm. I actually spoke to Ken McGrath. Um, we, we were on a we were on a, uh, a junket to New York, and I spoke to Ken McGrath, and he's saying that it doesn't bother him that he never won all Ireland. The memories he has, and he thinks it's almost a better story the fact that they that they didn't win an all Ireland. People remember those games. Uh, they remember you know how they were they were close and all that, and you know it doesn't seem to rankle with him as much as you would think so maybe that's something similar with Mayo, I, I don't know but uh, you know, Mayo aren't going to win in All-Ireland this year so I suppose whatever, you know, this wherever this journey brings them, it brings them but you know, Jesus on like, kicking, like the amount of silly possession and wides they kicked away and you're just thinking, Jesus is there nobody on that bench that can come on, settle the thing down a little bit Kick a few scores, get over the lane, and start preparing again for the next game. Even so much as like people will tell you that the Keith Higgins that are re- that had a good inf- uh, a positive influence on the game yesterday, right? And and I totally agree with that. But I didn't see the point in him in remaining there for the for the last twenty five minutes of the game when really and truly Roscommon's attacks were sporadic. Uh, a lot of it was hoofing the ball into the full forward lane. Um, a lot of it was breaking down around the middle of the field because you know Mayo were just that little bit. I thought a little bit stronger, but why not push him up or push Keegan up or push Keegan up to centre half forward or something? You know he he was on song. He was he was able to kick scores. He has that little bit of composure that maybe maybe Mayo are lacking. Just didn't see the point, and it was just you know he was down in front of me, and and as I say, he had a positive effect, and he cut out a few different things. But I just thought, you know, just put him up. Put him up front because at that stage, Roscommon were just playing from memory. I thought for the last ten, fifteen minutes. What about Roscommon? Mike Murph's giving them a fair bit of credit, but the counter argument would be that they put themselves in a position very early on to go and beat Mayo. That any psychological hang-ups should have really been dispelled by those early goals, uh, and yet they didn't. They did make a lot of mistakes from then on. Yeah, but you'd still you'd still think they they probably played close enough to to their potential. I mean, Mayo Mayo should be the better team. Mayo have the experience they. They've been to that level many times. They've been to Croke Park. It was a very new experience for Roscommon, and, and I mean, they were the guys that came out of the out of the blocks flying with two-two in in you know first ten minutes or whatever it was. And again, they started the third quarter. Like if you're if you're talking about coaching or managing a team, the two big things you're talking about is 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 getting off to a good start and having a really big third quarter. And and they were the you know they were the team that did those two things really well. But I just think it kind of ultimately probably a lack of quality just kind of. You know, stopped them from actually getting over the line, and and Mayo's resilience again. I mean, like I I, I love this. You know, to talk about their fans and the being put through the ringer, and it and they are absolutely. But if you are supporting any team, the one thing you really really want to see out of them, you know, in the absence of quality or or whatever else, is you want to see fight and you want to see heart and resilience. They're they're the kind of 
the real basics that you look for as a supporter in any team and and their supporters are just being you know given this every single game maybe a little bit more often than they'd like but they're getting so much you know will and and fight and and all those kind of cliches that we throw out about Mayo but it, it, it's so true because they keep backing them up every time they find themselves in a hole they keep just grinding and digging themselves out with to give themselves another chance and you know, it's 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 a, it's a serious credit to them that they, even though it was risk common and they would have been expected to win that game, it's still just they keep coming and they won't just let it go and just go away and take a summer off for themselves. They keep fighting, which is which is all a supporter can ask for, really. I was watching uh, Lee Keegan and Ender Smith yesterday, and it kind of well, a couple of things struck me as I was watching it. First of all, that Lee Keegan is an absolutely brilliant player. Like, you know, and you can't say it enough. I mean, Darrow Shea was writing last week that he's in danger of becoming a liability nearly. Uh, yeah, because okay. of the black, the black card he got the last time and the fact that yeah. he, he gets into that kind of stuff too much. Yeah, but I, just watching with Ender Smith yesterday, I was thinking maybe what he needs is, you know, a guy like Ender Smith, a project like Jeremy Connolly. You know, instead of saying, Lee, just go out there and do your own thing. It's stomp on this one guy, like absolutely just eradicate this guy uh, from a game. And in doing that, you know, he puts puts all that pressure on himself and then he plays brilliantly. Like he kicked one free yesterday. Like that's ridiculous. When you're when you're the, the job you're given is to eradicate the other team's best best player, best player offensively. And I just thought as Keegan was going through the game, like he he just brought Ender Smith to places he had no interest in going. Ender Smith, like, obviously just wanted to play midfield. You know, you do your thing, I'll do my thing, you know, and, you know, we'll both try and influence the game. Keegan said, I'm going to kill you. Like, I'm going to absolutely kill you, and I'm going to kill you by kicking points up the other end, not just by monstering you off the ball, which is what he was doing as well. But, I mean, I, I don't know, Mike, is, 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 is it nearly better for Lee Keegan to have, like, a big, you know, monster in his head, right, kill that guy, and then he plays his best football, even regardless of what the other guy does. Yeah, it's just he's he's their best attacking weapon, and he's a halfback. Now, that probably tells you a lot about about where Mayo are at. But I mean, Danny, he got one one yesterday and won a couple of frees, and people are, are are you know lauding him as as the greatest you know full forward in in, in uh, over the weekend. And and a halfback gets one three, and and there's kind of muted talk about it. I thought Keegan was just, I mean, super, and in in. in in the score he got the goal he got, even though it was a deflection, it, it just showed such leadership out of the guy as well because they were really, really on the rack at that stage and they, they needed a score and they probably needed a goal at that time to try and turn it around and he was the guy again that was driving on and, and came up with the big score and, and he was there. Like when they were really rocking in that in that second period of, of, of ha- or the first half, he was the guy who came up with those scores and he really put Smith on the back foot. And, and to your point, Mark, like he's done it to Connolly probably in a more physical way Yesterday, I thought he just did it with, with pure football and athletic and athleticism and ability-wise. Um, but he can he can do it any kind of way. I mean, the guy didn't get you know football of the year for nothing. He's got he's their best player by a long way, and he's got to keep playing at that level because he hasn't been there this year. And and when he does, it's easier for guys to follow him. Murphy, we're talking about Mayo as a team whose supporters can always count on to put up a fight. <laughs> I was shaking my head. I, a I tear did. rolled down my cheek. Yeah, there was a little bit of an exasperated look from yeah. yourself. Well, I mean, that's just the complete opposite of what we saw from Galway yesterday. Um, I, I w- it, it, it's one in a series of just terrible performances in Crow Park by, uh, by Galway. I mean, the, the disaster against Tipperary last year, Donegal 2015, Kerry 2014. It, the tip game nearly was an outlier in that, okay, there was an expectation there that Galway would win that game, and it was just like the worst performance probably in the history of Galway football but the other three this idea of sauntering up to Crow Park and 
fulfilling a fixture nearly. You know, no no real belief, no real conviction that, okay, we're going to win this game, or at least we're going to make it as difficult as possible for Kerry to win the game. I mean, I really felt yesterday, Mike, that Gola didn't ask Kerry a question at all, didn't pose them any uh, problem, didn't help Kerry find out one single thing about themselves, other than that if you put a debutante, championship debutante on Kieran Donaghy, he's probably going to catch three or four balls and win the, and win the game for you. Yeah, that one didn't work. Yeah, that one didn't work. But I, I wouldn't agree totally much that, that they didn't ask any questions to Kerry. I, I thought, to be fair, they, they created three really, really good goal chances and, and a fourth one that they just kind of maybe muddled up a little bit on the line. They, they could have, they, you know, with two goals, now Kerry were always comfortable and they always looked like they were in command and, and they were just cruising along and, and, and Kerry themselves were kind of wasteful enough in possession at times. But I, I think a lot of that came from the fact that Maybe they they knew that the challenge wasn't there and that Galway weren't posing a realistic threat of actually going to going beating them. But I mean, Comer had a good goal chance and they had, they, they had plenty of chances that if they had stuck one or two. And Kelly made a couple of great saves. Like Brian Kelly was nominated as man of the match in 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 the in the Sunday game last night, which tells you a little bit of of the chances that Galway did create. But at the same time, you just always felt it was like a, a big brother with his hand on the forehead of the small brother. He was never getting close enough to him to actually get a you know inflict a bit of a wound on him. And 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 Kerry with Donaghy. And, and, you know, doing well, obviously, but with James O'Donoghue and Paul Ganey a little bit quiet, they were still just so, so comfortable that, you know, the whole atmosphere inside Croke Park was just dead. It was it was incredible to be a curtain raiser to, to, to Roscommon and, and, and Mayo, and the atmosphere was completely just flat and there was nothing happening. And, and that was the way the whole game went, really. It was just inevitable to get to the 70 minutes and, and, and get out of there. Yeah, I know we, myself and Mike had a difference of opinion about the Kerry half-forward line the last time. I just thought, yes, so the, the Buckley thing worked well, and you know, if you're looking into the Dublin game, you know, that's something that, uh, you know, that forward, that half-forward line of Donegal Walsh, uh, Buckley and Stephen O'Brien, who must be done luckiest player in Ireland not to be <laughs> not to be starting, um, you know, that looks as if it's a, there's a bit better balance to it. O'Donoghue was off the pace yesterday. Um, Gini showed plenty of quality. They're a, nice team, they're a nice team to watch when they're, when they're let play, Kerry, and, and Galway... You know, facilitated that yesterday. Um, they, are, you, are you giving them a pass at all uh, on, on the basis, as Mike says, that, that they did create goal chances and that they'd taken them, they might have had a chance? Or I, you, you I just think, I just think, regardless of of many goal chances would have took yesterday, it looked they looked like a team more so than I've ever seen before. A team that were very well in the way of the white flag as you know as soon as and uh, you know. There's there's so much there's so much quality in that Galway team. Comer, I have to say, tried hard. You look at their full forward line, who all sort of played fairly well yesterday, and it was with a little bit more help and a little bit more uh, belief. I thought them. I thought a mid the midfield was really disappointing for me for me yesterday, and the half forward line wasn't much better. Yeah, I, I think that you can you can talk about you know that there was no conviction in the game, but if they'd gotten the goal chances, I mean, taking goal chances is about conviction. You know that's what it's all about. You know, if 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 you get one on one with a keeper, if you have conviction, you score the, you score the chances. You a couple of great I mean? saves though. The first one, I don't know how he had the strength in his arm the to Ian, palm over. The Ian Burke one. I mean, I think that's pretty much direct, like that's straight at him. You know, at a like his his he didn't barely have to move his hand. You know, I mean, like he, I, the keeper did well, and I think the Armstrong one was close to him, but it was a pretty good save. I mean, at the end of the day. You know, maybe I'm just being very down on Gola because that's the the nature of when you're talking about your own county. But 
that that was the feeling. The, Mike described it perfectly there. The big brother with his hand on the little brother, just keeping it arms stacked. Like Kerry didn't play at all. Like you know, I was watching Kerry against Clare last year, and it was a, pretty much exactly the same performance. Just oh god, like, what, you know, this is ridiculous. I mean, this is an Iron quarter final. Like the carrier, I, I can imagine Kerry being annoyed. I mean, Paul Murphy was interviewed uh, <laughs> be, be, being given the man of the match award. It looked like he'd lost. <laughs> you know, he was like, I just can't believe how badly we played there. You know, it's we've got a lot to work on. You know, we're just going to have to, you know, go back to the drawing board. And, and like, that's that's how Kerry people felt. I mean, the, the idea is that you go up there on, at an, on, at an Ireland quarterfinal level and you ask questions, you leave it all out there. And it, just, it was just really disappointing from a Galway perspective because we know they're better than that. We know that there is quality there. But when we get to Crow Park in the championship, it, we... Galway just don't deliver. They just don't deliver, and that's that's really disappointing. I saw say two two Kerry lads yesterday at the game, and one thing you know that I suppose they wanted to see was a few of the younger guys maybe get a you know the last maybe twenty minutes. There's a guy Sean O'Shea that said you know they were they were looking to see you know what. And Mike was he, Mike was on Thursday listing out all these great great young players <laughs> that Kerry have waiting to come in. Yeah, yeah well they're not going to use them obviously until. Until a bit later in the championship, but they are at semi-final stage now, so we're going to have to unleash them pretty quickly. What do you think, Mike? Well, I mean, Jack Savage. Jack Savage came on, got a score. You know, Barry John Keane, another guy who's a perennial, you know, impact guy, came on, get another two scores. It's like it's written down before he even comes on, he's going to get two points. Uh, I just think, yeah, like Kerry, Kerry, he's just had that inevitability about it. Kerry were going to win the game despite whatever Galway threw at him. I think if they've got a goal or two, maybe it would have, you know, like I said, lifted Kerry to play at a little bit higher level. But it just, it never, it never took off, and and it was one of those games that, like like Claire last year. Kerry were just just going through the motions to get there, and and um, they were happy enough to do that. And they found out a little bit about Donny. I mean, you're talking about young guys, <laughs> people didn't know Donny he was going to be able to catch those kind of balls, despite maybe not being marked, even though there was two guys standing around him. You know, so so I think Kerry again, look, they're they're in a good spot, and and uh, we're happy to move on. Was that a basketball move for the goal, the little show and go, if you might call it that? You know, his footwork. I I, I thought like. I'm actually just looking at it again and I'm saying his his movement, the way he was able to get away from, like there was two guys marking him for a lot of the game and I thought his, his movement to even just create a little bit of separation was, was excellent. Now his hands over his head and contested catches was, was super as well but I just thought like, I mean, starting a rookie, starting a rookie who's never seen the likes of Donahue before and, and allowing him to, to just dominate and make catches like that um, I just thought it was it was it was the first kind of mortal blow that, that Kevin Welch kind of inflicted on themselves by by not putting you know, I don't know is Finian Henley still in the mix more for some somebody that has a bit yeah. of experience and a bit of strength to be able to body him and and be physical with him not not get into a jumping and catching contest with Danny because that's where the guy that's where the guy just loves and 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 where he was going to excel so I think that was that was the first thing that they they really got wrong and and it just kind of spiraled from there yeah well Finian Henley is coming back from an injury uh, and probably wouldn't have had enough uh, to, to take Donny, and you know, like Donny hasn't marked a man on his debut, I'd say, in ten years. <laughs> you know, like that's that's yeah. you know that's that was a, a major error. We had Jamie Clark in with us a couple of weeks ago, Oshin, and he was pretty candid in talking about how he doesn't feel he's reached his potential. He's twenty eight years of age now, doesn't have an Ulster medal, doesn't have an All Star. I don't think he's been nominated for an All Star, which uh, mm. certainly what I read in advance, which which surprised me quite a lot. <laughs> Took a pretty big step to fulfilling all those goals, and well, maybe not the Ulster medal, but the rest of the goals on Saturday night. Yeah, no, I, th- I thought it was really good at performance from Arma. Uh, first twenty minutes, thought we were really good. Uh, then we looked like we have looked for for some time as if we lacked a little bit in belief. For ten minutes, we give away seven attacks. We had seven times we give the ball away. 
we get the goal and that sort of sparks us into life again. I thought it was really composed. I thought we've seen the game out really well, which was our biggest problem during the league. So we've obviously learned some some lessons along the way. I thought our bench made a positive contribution as well. So all my people are just delighted. <laughs> on they re- they really are because. Um, you know, it was a big gunk not getting out of Division Three. That was the start of it. You know, go to down and get beaten by, by your neighbours. Real sick not. People are calling for geezer's head, uh, and we've recovered really, really well since that. I I didn't think the temporary result was a great result. Maybe it was better than than I actually thought it was. But that was a real result the other night. You know, uh, coming up against somebody like Kildare. Uh, I've seen more physical games of Scrabble. If, if I'm going to be quite honest with it, the referee, the referee blew absolutely everything, and you know what, you know that's not going to happen. I don't think this weekend because if you blow everything in an Armagh and Tyrone game, ball and play is going to be you know in the in the seconds rather than even in the minutes. But it was a great result for Armagh. Um, they'll get huge belief from that, and Tyrone have to be thinking at this stage. And if they're not thinking, it's time to start thinking. Derry. Donegal and down. Not a great four nine, really. None of them are great results. Now I, I do understand that, you know, uh Tyrone probably slightly ahead of us, but we have that momentum now and you know, uh this is a game that I, I don't think Tyrone wanted. I think if they if they were given a choice in that draw, I think they would have took one on. You gave a very managerial answer there, didn't you? It's like you're yeah. the Iron Man manager. I, I wanted to, to praise an individual player. You <laughs> said, yeah, he played great, but let's talk about everybody else. I do want to follow up on Jamie Clark because I just I love the fact lots of players can score four points in a game and, and have done, but there's a certain way he goes about it. There's I think people who were at the game, I wasn't at the game, people who were there, I know you were there, talked about his really intelligent and fairly tireless running off the ball. And there's this composure on the ball, which is hilarious. He's he's just, you don't see very many players who are that comfortable just ghosting past players and taking their time on the ball. No, a lot of players don't, there's not a lot of forwards take actually take men on anymore. There's a lot of forwards who can kick great scores, but they don't actually go past people. You know, he's one of the few players... A uh, few forwards who's going past people. The thing I really like about him, I've spoke to him about it a hundred times, is that you got to accept sometimes that when you go out on the field that you're not going to kick one seven or one eight. Mm-hmm. You got to. That's the first thing. If you can have that at the forefront of your mind, that when that ball comes in, all I'm doing is I'm creating for somebody else. And he did that for the first twenty minutes. He. He he has a tendency to get frustrated. Didn't get frustrated the other night. Was happy to pop the ball off, let other boys kick the ball over the bar. Then all of a sudden, you know, the pressure is on the defence to look at the other players, to look at Morning, to look at Falker, and to look at boys who are coming off the shoulder and getting these scores. Then Jamie gets a little bit more space, and then he's able to play a little bit more ball. And I thought he did that role particularly well the other night. It wasn't a packed defence, and he's going to come up against a packed defence next weekend. But still, if he plays with that maturity, and he doesn't get frustrated, you know, he he is... Like, people don't understand how good this guy can be. Like, you know, and I still reckon that he is only... You know, he has needed all the games that he's got since he came back from... Uh, from New York. He's needed all those games to get his A back in. Um, he, he had a couple of decent performances during the league, but you always knew there was a little bit more. And uh, The other night, I, I still think there's more in him. I still think he can get better. And if he delivers against Tyrone, if he does get better against yeah. Tyrone, I know you're saying it's going to be harder and it might be hard to kick as many points, but that's that's suddenly your reputation is 
is made if you're if, yeah. you, if you help knock Tyrone out because he talked. This is what he was talking about. He was talking to us about how he has felt the need. He he would have looked around at Michael Murphy leading Tyrone, Conor McManus leading Monaghan, all these players, Bernard Brogan with Dublin, and felt that he should be doing the same with Armagh. Now, in fairness to him, maybe he hasn't had the. It's not like one man can can do it all anyway. But I think that does seem to be weighing on his mind that uh, he has to kind of build his reputation on that and a win against Tyrone in an All-Ireland quarter-final a fancy Tyrone would pretty much catapult them right up there yeah but again it go, it does rankings. come back to Oshin's point that you know he has to realise that he probably isn't going to get four points against yeah. Tyrone mm. you know like, like whatever about doing it against Kildare you know there's more chance of him scoring 1-8 against Kildare than there is yeah. of him scoring it against Tyrone so again it, like the question is still going to be asked next week what can Jamie Clark do for Armagh what's the best he can provide for Armagh it might not be for even three points from play that, that, it, it's, it's more than likely not going to be the case that he's going to score any more than two or three points from play next week so how does he impact the game and that goes back to your original point well, and, and all we have to do is go back to the down game where he's frustrated he's trying to do things which ain't going to happen in a, in a packed defence he's trying to take four or five players on just not going to happen ended up getting blocked ended up getting frustrated ended up throwing his hands up in the air Whereas if he plays with the maturity, play with the other night, and he has the acceptance going into the game, you know, this is what I need to do for, for my team. And that's as mature as performance as I've seen from him. And, you know, people are going to target Jamie Clark because, let's face it, like if he's not performing, the chances of Armagh win the game, you know, uh, deteriorate alarmingly. But, uh, you know, the other night was, was the most mature performance I've seen from him. And, you know, as I say... I still think there's more to come. Ama, he's had a stop-start career with Ama, even though he is 28, because you know we've only been playing two and three games every year. They're on a run now. You know, they're together almost like a, a club team. They're together a lot, a lot of the time. They're obviously, you know, it's, there's not doing a huge amount of training because they're playing week in, week out. But they're spending a lot of time together, and I think you know this particular team and Geezer and his backroom team have needed that and they've got it now. Mike, give us a word on Monaghan. Is, was there anything you saw on Saturday evening that you, you would think would give them cause for optimism against Dublin next weekend? I'm, I'm not sure I'd be very optimistic. I thought I thought Down were the better team for, you know, most of the, well, all of the first half. They played some, some great football, made Monaghan look pretty pretty ordinary and, you know, they again they probably turned it around, got some got the scores they needed, but I'm not sure. I just I'm not sure that they're going to have enough to to compete with, uh, especially at the back. I mean, Drew Riley, Drew Wiley and 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 his brother, they they were just under pressure all day with the down forwards. And I I think what you're coming up against against Dublin is is going to be going up in a couple of notches of that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure they got enough in the tank really to to try and derail the Dublin machine. Yeah, actually, that's the weird thing about it, isn't it? That you're looking at this saying. Monaghan just don't have it defensively, um, as opposed to. I mean, and and you were actually talking to me before you came on air about the results over the last couple of years. And in the last two years in the league, twenty seventeen, two fifteen to one fifteen, the Dubs won that last minute goal in Clonus earlier this year. And then last year was one fourteen to sixteen points. Today, Conor McManus put on a clinic in Croker. So I mean, like the the last eighteen months hasn't been bad for Monaghan against Dublin. But you would have to think that, you know, they they actually don't have it. They, they they don't have what it takes at the back more so than up front. Yeah, having said that, b- believe it or not, I think Drew Wiley will definitely be glad to see the back Connor Harrison. He's yeah. given me giving him two two clean two yeah. absolute roastings. Yeah. First time around, uh, you know, Drew Wiley and and his brother and uh, I can't remember one of the other panel members involved in a car accident. They actually, you know, they, they had to be 
uh, hauled out of the car before the before the down game was probably a little bit more serious than was reported. Mm. And you know, you're able to look back and say, Well, that's obviously why and then he turns up in Crow Park and he does the exact same thing. He bullies him. But Connor Harris is just obviously you know, a very talented physical uh physical footballer who, you know, probably haven't seen the best of either. But from from a Monaghan defensive uh point of view, you know, they're, they're really gonna have to up the game big style. Um and from the from a forward point of view, the team to finish with is, was much better than the team to start with. I mean, you can't leave Conor McCarthy on the sideline, regardless of whether you think he's a good impact sub or not. You know, he kicked four points coming off the bench. He's he's just too good to have on the bench. McCarron... There might, just, there might be feeling against Dublin that, well, actually, you do need to leave something in reserve because you know Dublin are going to. Yeah, but... You know, Dublin the other side of it. Game. The other side of it is that you could be out of the game after 15 minutes, and then regardless, it doesn't matter what you bring on. Then yeah. you know, uh, McCarran played well against him in the league. Probably give him his head. So if you play McCarran and McCarthy, you know, play them somewhere in along where McManus is, and hope that McManus does what he what he did the last day. But maybe Monaghan, this is a game that Monaghan maybe need to change tack a little bit and not. Bring as many players back as they have they as they have done in the past, but that's probably not going to happen. So uh, Dublin are going to probably run through them. Okay, Oshin, Mike, lovely stuff. Thanks a million. Thanks. Modern day coaching. What is it all about? Paralysis by analysis. Infiltrated by a load of spoofers and bluffers. Fellas with earpieces stuck in their ears. Psychologists, Clive Woodward, statisticians, dietitians, and as Mick O'Connell alluded to, God save us. Oh, Murph, I don't know if it's the Galway defeat or the emergence of Ken Hurdy, but you're analysing angry and I like it. An angry analyst. That's where you want me. Great analyst. You you just got to keep me right where I am. Actually, speaking of which, while I'm at it, while I'm on a rant, Michael Murphy doesn't play for Tyrone, as you stated there. I know he doesn't play for Tyrone. Michael Murphy, Donegal. Just, I'm sorry. Did I say Tyrone? Yeah, I should probably just... Did I say Tyrone? Simon's not sure. Ken Hurdy? No, Ken Hurdy's not sure. Murph, you're staking your entire reputation on... Okay, I'm going to go back and listen to the tape. Okay. Back to you on Then my reputation relies on it that's fair enough I, I'm willing to roll the dice on this one Mayo Roscommon the replay is going to be in the bank holiday uh, which makes next weekend I think what they know in GA circles as a bumper, a bumper weekend, weekend of action yeah. there is no championship action yeah uh, Saturday 4 o'clock Tyrone Armagh and then followed by 6 o'clock Dublin Monaghan which looks that, like that will probably be a sellout mm-hmm. uh, then it's Galway Tipperary on Sunday in the Ireland first is Ireland hurling semi-finals and then on Monday uh, at 2pm it's Mayo against Ross uh, part 2 alright um, so yeah you're looking at probably I'm going to say over 200,000 people in Crow Park over the course of next weekend actually way more than that uh, well, the three occasions yeah well yeah about that yeah about 200,000 people I would say which is pretty pretty good going there's never a dull moment with Rory McIlroy who according to Reuters has sacked his longtime caddy JP Fitzgerald Matty Clark and the timing of this is the biggest surprise really McIlroy went out of his way to compliment his caddy during the British Open last week yeah it's like as ever with Rory it's um, the only surprising thing is that maybe we're a bit surprised um, if the reports are true and he hasn't as of what is it now it's around midday uh, he hasn't tweeted anything or he hasn't uh, released anything uh, about it but it seem, seems to be relatively uh, uh, well sourced um, yeah it's, it is it is frankly weird after he made such a big deal of JP last week like he he sat in his press conference uh, on Thursday after his terrible opening five, opening six holes 
uh, which he then saved over the the following twelve and said that it was it was basically JP telling him that he's Rory effing McElroy, uh What are you at? That turned the round around. Like he didn't have to say that. He didn't have to say you know that was that was the spark. Uh, so he could have just said, yeah, we got it together and 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 you know got to where we needed to. So the very fact that he made such a big deal of it last week. Uh, and then gets rid of him this week. Um, it's it's a kind of a classic Rory McIlroy move. In, in, in what in you many mean? Ways. Well, in the in the in the way that he he has tended to uh, at times in his career do things that um, seem a little sort of counterintuitive uh, or seem to come out of the blue. Um, you know, everything that Rory McIlroy has ever done is newsworthy for the simple fact that he's Rory McIlroy um, and yet he, he still seems to have this ability to surprise people or to do things uh, to catch people off guard with some of the changes that he makes um, and this is another one of them you know he's changed equipment in the past he's changed sponsors in the past he's changed management companies in the past um, this is another one and I, I think what's interesting here as you say is the timing I mean for years, um, like JP is, is would be the longest relationship he has had uh, in golf uh, and almost in life outside of some of his friends. You know, he's with him nine years, and you know, it's not as if the suggestion hasn't come before that uh, he needed to make the break. I mean, a lot of people said after the 2011 Masters that that was the time to do it. The the back nine at Augusta that day everybody who's who's followed golf at all over the last decade knows what happened um and you know jp took quite a bit of the blame there for not unscrambling the mind of a young golfer in the sort of most frenzied hour and a half period of his life um that he survived this long i guess may even be as big a surprise as the fact that mcelroy is ending it now but um yeah just the timing is weird that, that that seems the strangest thing the, because it just it did seem such a strong relationship. Yeah. I mean, over the years, Rory defended him. That's what I mean. Like it, it wasn't as if this is the, the suggestion has come out of the blue. I mean, every like he, once a season when McIlroy is doing badly, um, somebody would suggest, uh, you know, the caddy is the problem there. Um, but McIlroy has always defended him very, very strongly and stridently. Absolutely, yeah. No more so than in the Irish Open very shortly after the Masters in 2011. If you remember, mm. the American commentator, commentator Jay Townsend had criticised some of the worst course management I've ever seen beyond under 10's boys golf competition. Yeah. And he said that the caddy should have been, that the caddy's course management was awful as well. McIlroy told him to shut up. He said, you're a commentator and a failed golfer. Your opinion means nothing. And when the dust had settled a bit on that and when everyone had calmed down a bit, McIlroy stuck by his guns. He said, look, he's been having a go, this is Townsend, he's been having a go JP every now and again since the Masters and this was the first time I've responded. It was the straw that broke the camel's back. Now I've blocked him on Twitter so I won't be reading anything anymore. <laughs> so he really has, he's, and he got a lot of shit for that, McIlroy. I was around mm. the spoiled brat phase and people thought that maybe he, he, he wasn't going to have what it takes because he, he just got too wound up over things and one of the things he was getting wound up over was, was defending his caddy. He really stuck by this guy. Yeah, and and now in a way, over the years, de- him defending his caddy is also him defending himself. You know, it's it's defending his choice of keeping uh, Fitzgerald on, and and there has always been a sense with Rory that the more people sort of 
dig at him for for one thing. He, he can become quite entrenched. You know, he can <laughs> he can he has a, a fair fair um, welcome for his own way of thinking. If you know what I mean, like he 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 does defend his own uh, ideas pretty strongly. Um, the the other interesting side of it uh, is that you know. Like at one stage, Toby Chandler's, uh, who who basically you know put them together uh, back in whenever it was. God, I guess it must have been two thousand and eight. Now, you know, Chandler said something along the lines of, you know, um, being Rory McIlroy's caddy is not like being a caddy to most the vast majority of other pro golfers. It carries more with it. He's a, a far more public figure, uh, and he did have this sort of almost damning line where he said that JP might not be the greatest caddy in the world, but he's the right caddy for Rory right now. Mm. And I think that was around that time, around sort of 2011, maybe 2012, when McElroy wasn't even part of Chandler's stable anymore. Um, and they did seem to have a relationship that was stronger stronger than the kind of, or, or maybe more layered and textured than some of the kind of uh, player-caddy relationships like he he definitely had connections outside of um, outside of just with Rory like I think as well something if I remember rightly the the approach to Dubai duty free to revamp the Irish Open with with McElroy as host it was Fitzgerald that was kind of the driving force of that or at least the 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 person who went to Dubai duty free and said you know, this is something that could be done. This is something my guy could be interested in. So there, there was a he. He was a, a a sort of an older, an older influence as well as just a guy who you know keeps the clubs clean and picks out the yardages. It's funny. I happen to be reading Lawrence Donegan's Four Iron in the Soul at the moment. Maliki, uh, absolutely brilliant book about his year uh, on tour on the European tour as a caddy for a journeyman golfer, and it's really clear reading that. That what a player requires from a caddy, what any player requires, varies wildly from one to the other. There's no, the early part of the book is all about trying to find out what am I supposed to do here now that I'm out on European tour caddying for somebody. And nobody really has an answer for him because uh, some players want their caddy involved in the decision-making process in practically every shot, like a Jordan Spieth. And others, like I would imagine Rory, probably don't, probably want the opposite. And he, in fairness, has probably enjoyed his relationship with J.P. Fitzgerald because, precisely because Fitzgerald doesn't intervene too much. Well, look, you're 100% correct there. And, and I would suspect that, that if when Rory starts talking about this, I presume later today or certainly by tomorrow because he's going to, to Akron for the Bridgestone, um, what, the way he will present it is that it's actually, it, it, it's, it's the original kind of it's not you, it's me kind of thing that uh, he... You know, if if Rory had needed uh, Fitzgerald to be more involved on the golf course, to be th- stepping in an awful lot more, he would have done that. Mm. You know, he he would have made him do that four or five years ago, uh, and that that's the or, or he would have got rid of him four or five years ago. So it could be very very simple that he has he has decided on some level, that he needs a different relationship with somebody out on the course. He needs more guidance from somebody. He needs a, a, a different sort of personality around the place. It could be as, as simple as that and, and, and you know, no reflection on, on Fitzgerald himself. The putt-reading thing is interesting. Um, 
the one thing with Rory is that he's a very fast player. You know, there, that there's a, there's the sort of the old uh, the old line about caddying is that you you're supposed to turn up, keep up, and shut up. <laughs> um, Rory kind of plays a little bit like that. You know, he deliberates very for a very short time over shots, and uh, that feeds into the putting thing as well. He's always struck me as the kind of guy who who wants to get on with it, get down, pick his line, hit his ball, move on. Mm. Um, and, you know, a lot of interaction with a caddy sort of standing over his shoulder going, I see it uh, an inch outside the right lip, that kind of thing, could disrupt his rhythm a little bit too much. And maybe that's why he doesn't, hasn't sort of welcomed it or, or that we don't see it in the same way as you see Spieth and you see Mickelson and these guys when Mickelson had uh, bones on, on his bag. So um, to go back to the start, I think th- this will all just sort of come down to Rory saying that maybe he wants, maybe he just wants a different sort of relationship when it comes to that kind of thing. Maybe he wants somebody standing at his shoulder reading his putts for him and maybe JP was, wasn't going to be that guy or he didn't want to change JP into that guy. So it'll be interesting to see how it works out. Absolutely. Malachi, great stuff. Thanks a million. No worries. Owen McDevitt! All up in the interweb. Owen McDevitt worldwide. The Murph and Mackie for most welcome Irishman of the year goes to Owen McDevitt. Owen, 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 Owen McDevitt. From Ireland's second captain show. All up in the interweb. Owen McDevitt worldwide. Second captains. Those guys, are, those guys are like family to me, man. Owen McDevitt! This is Locke. The coolest song I ever heard in my whole life. Owen McDevitt. All of you said I wouldn't make Stop it. Stop talking about Tom Finney. He said I was a loser. This guy is a bit of a turkey. <laughs> All right. He said I was a fucking psycho. But look at me now. All up in the interweb. Owen McDevitt. Worldwide. The new World Federated Championship. Owen McDevitt. Owen McDevitt. To say, for example, the Barcelona team you worked at, is it fair to say anybody could have managed those guys? No, of course not. There's a little bit more news on this just reaching us, Karen. Uh, yeah, it looks like, uh, according to the 42, they've spoken to someone in Rory McIlroy's management team, and they said that uh, McIlroy will hold a press conference to address the situation, the Kelly situation, on Wednesday. All right. Well, he need to get his skates on. There's a USPGA to be won the following week. Is yeah. it a job you'd fancy, Ken? Rory McIlroy's caddy? No. Well, why would I, why would I want to do that? Well, 20 million. Follow Rory McIlroy around, skiving around after him. 10% of Rory McIlroy's... Well, thank you. 10% of Rory McIlroy's winnings, give or take. A man who recently boasted in a Twitter spat with Steve Elkington that he's got 200 million in the bank. Now, I don't think you get... I, I'm sure you don't get 10% of his off-course earnings. Mm. But still, you're going to be getting 10% of a huge amount of money. So I get to, I get to hang around... Um, Picking up the crumbs from Roy McElroy's table. The considerably large yeah. crumbs. Yeah. yeah. More crumbs than any decent human being would have any expectation to spend. Yeah, but it wouldn't feel year. it wouldn't feel like enough because I'm surrounded by Rory McElroy and his rich golfer Republican buddies. Mm. His private jet owning um, you know, tea party loving uh, Republican golfer buddies. So I'm kinda like that, you, you're gonna feel like a poor like a poor man. JP Fitzgerald. A a parasitical entity barely scraping by on, I don't know, 600 grand a year. (laughs) No, a lot more than that. More? 
Oh, yeah. JP uh, Fitzgerald earned more than every single professional uh, Irish rugby player last year. And, like, it's not even close. Yeah. Not even close. I just just wouldn't fancy him. I mean, maybe... Maybe you might you you might enjoy that line of work. I to be I'd honest, give it a couple of years. I mean, two good years. Can I hate to break it to you, Ken, house, but you, you won't know? you won't be secure so, your family's future. Yeah, you won't be spending any time on these private jets with the golfers. You'd be a caddy. I've read Lawrence Donegan's book. The caddies hang around with the caddies, and the mm-hmm. golfers hang around with the golfers. Mm-hmm. And if you were hanging around with the caddies, and you're JP Fitzgerald's replacement, yeah. there's some status there. You're Rory McIlroy's guy. You're one of the big earners in that group. So you're you'd one be, of the you're you'd one of the be, alpha dogs straight away. You don't even have to know your golf. You're one of the alpha dogs straight away. If you're you'd be the, the queen bee of the of the caddy group. Not quite the queen bee. But you'd be up there. I say Speed's caddy is probably queen bee at the moment. Dustin Johnson's maybe Bones is younger. Well, Bones is better looking. Bones. Well, see, Bones has left Phil Mickelson now, mm-hmm. so he's not he's not cashing anyone's checks anymore. Well, I'm sure. Bo- see, Bones could end up. I don't know who Bones is, by the way. If Bones walked in here, I wouldn't know who Bones was. I'd say, but anyway, Bones Bones would be a great fit for Roy McIlroy if you ask me. Yeah. He knows uh, how to spend that money. <laughs> He's been Phil Mickelson's caddy. You know how Phil throws the money around. I'm sure Bones is doing like, you know, the, a similar percentage tippage going on with Bones as, as uh, what Phil's been doing for the last co- couple of years. We better go. Is that right? Ah, yeah. I don't know. Why, there's nothing else after that. No, I know. It sounded like I was about to say some sort of philosophical closing mm. line or something. I don't have one. And we're just going to wrap things up. Thanks very much, Ken. Thanks very much, Murph. Thank, thank you, you too, uh, Thanks so thank much for listening. Girl, if you're part of the oh, World Service, amazing. thank you. We will oh, talk to you. Amazing. Thank you once again. We will talk to you during the week. It's the second time it's gone off. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home, those, those, those boys. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.